Welcome to Hempire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homeostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones to those of researchers and medical professionals. Hempire is presented by NanoSoul Pro. Supplementation through education. NanoSoulPro.com Hey, welcome to Hempire. It's Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Thanks so much for tuning in. As you know, I'm the author of Understanding Marijuana, published by Oxford University Press. And I'm professor of psychology at the University of Albany State University of New York. We're going to extend our uh, sections on health and wellness here. We've got a, a wonderful guest from Wild Wellness, Rebecca Andrews. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and about Wild Wellness? Yeah, sure. So um, I have a degree, uh, two graduate degrees, one in herbalism and one in um, with a focus on eco-psychology, and I started Wild Wellness just to offer consultations and education around wellness, um, kind of around a holistic model of wellness. I really appreciate you being on the show. I'm really intrigued by this. What is it to be an herbalist? That's the question, right? Um, to be an herbalist, we use um, plant medicine and plant therapeutics to help people find more wellness in a broad range of areas in their life. I just love the idea. I know there are millions of plants out there with flavonoids, terpenes, and antioxidants. Can you kind of tell us what's active in an herb? Yeah, there are so many different ingredients and in herbs that are active. For example, in chamomile studies have found over 100 different active constituents. Um, it just really depends on the herb you're looking at, what's in it, monoterpenes or other terpenes, flavonoids, um, different properties that impact the nervous system or hepaprotective, liver protective properties. It just really depends on the herb that you're talking about. And this is why we're such fans of full spectrum here on Empire. I'm yeah. curious, do you have any like favorite uh, herbs for say immune function? Because right now I know that's on everybody's mind. Yeah, my favorite, I have several, but I'd say my absolute favorite is astragalus. Um, I had an integrative MD tell me once years ago, if you're starting to feel any symptoms of illness, you know, when you first get those swollen glands or you're just starting to feel slightly under the weather to take several capsules of astragalus root a few times a day. And I pretty much don't even get colds or anything when I do that. Wow. That's a delightful thought. Uh, my <laughs> student, Brianna Altman, who's been on the show before, had talked about uh, cannabidiol for anxiety. Are there other herbs that might work synergistically with that? Yeah. Um, I really like passion flower. That's a wonderful anti-anxiety herb. It's really more for kind of turning off your brain and helping you to sleep at night. I'm not a good sleeper. And if I take a few dropperfuls of passion flower tincture, I'm usually out like a light and sleep well. Um, for daytime use, I prefer ones that aren't quite as sedative, like California poppy. Um, some people really like valerian, although that can be a little more sedative too. Lemon balm is sometimes good. Um, there are a lot of them that are wonderful for anti-anxiety. There's so many on the market. I'm curious, do you have any rules of thumb for us for how to know a good one? 
Yeah, that's really important because the the FDA doesn't monitor herbal supplements that much. Um, People kind of think that if it's out there, it's safe and the quality has been um, tested and verified. And that's not really the case. The FDA requires that you make a safe product, but they don't actually test to ensure that the products are safe that are on the market. So my rule of thumb is to look for a product that's been third-party certified by GMP or CGMP, you'll see that on the bottle or the container. The other thing that I like to look for is to support small local herbalists who are making products. They're going to be good quality simply because their livelihood depends on those herbs working for people. So they're not going to be adulterating their products. Oh, we're big fans of certification here on Empire. Believe me, I, I do feel like it's a, it's a shame folks don't know more about that. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if we're trying to just, you know, have a sort of daily dose. Uh, I know there's tinctures, there's capsules, some folks make teas. Do you have any thoughts about what's what? Yeah, um, I think ultimately whatever you're going to take consistently is going to be better. For some people, they just want the capsule or the tincture because it's quick. But ultimately, it really depends on what the active ingredients are in the herbs. Some things are extracted better in water. Some things are better taken as the whole root in a capsule. And some things are, you know, some of the active properties are extracted better with an alcohol tincture. Personally, I use all three just depending on what I'm taking and why. But ultimately, you know, whatever's going to work for people, whatever they're going to take, if you hate a tincture or hate a tea, then don't buy that, (laughs) you know, take the capsules. It's better than nothing. That makes sense to me. I know here in the U.S. we're kind of stuck on this one molecule for a whole disease notion. It sounds like there's some synergy going on that we're missing out with that approach. Yes, that drives me nuts. It's a very, um, you know, reductionist pharmaceutical paradigm that, you know, works for pharmaceuticals that are going to target one thing in the body, but that's not how herbs work. Um, As we mentioned earlier, an herb can have upward of a hundred different active constituents. So trying to separate out just one and think it's going to work the same isn't going to actually really be as impactful. Um, As a matter of fact, there was a study back in 2011 in Malaria Journal that looked at the use of artemisinin versus whole artemisia in the treatment of malaria. And they actually found that the whole herb, while it had smaller amounts of this active ingredient, was more effective than the larger derivative alone. So presumably due to the synergistic impact of all of the other constituents in the plant. So I'm definitely a whole herb person. It breaks my heart when I think about it, because obviously these plants evolved as we evolved, or uh, divine deity put us all here together. It it just kind of has a lot of intuitive appeal. Mm -hmm. I do know that some of the big pharma compounds or even single molecules can kind of deplete nutrients. Would you care to comment on that notion? Yeah, there are definitely studies showing that, um, you know, medications have side effects that are depleting the body of minerals or whatnot. Um, The wonderful thing about herbal therapeutics is that they're doing the exact opposite. So in addition to whatever monoterpenes or flavonoids or what have you that are in the herbs, they're all full of vitamins and minerals, and they are working on a whole body level to nourish and to strengthen your system. So I'm a fan. (laughs) Well, so you've mentioned that herbalism works uh, in a parallel to sort of Eastern medicine. Would you care to comment on that a minute? Sure. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we mentioned earlier how the Western reductionist view of medicine is to have one ingredient that targets one thing in the body in a pharmaceutical. Um, and so a lot of people are looking for an herb. They're like, what herb or what herbal ingredient will target my anxiety or what herbal ingre- ingredient is going to help my liver? But herbs don't really work that way. They kind of work on a Eastern medicine perspective of energy medicine um, in short, well, tell you what, I'll, I'll ask you to get into that in more detail after the break, but I really love that notion of energy medicine. Uh, it's Dr. Mitch Earlywine talking to Rebecca Andrews from Wild Wellness. We'll be right back after this message. More Empire coming up once we pay homage to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah. How sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room and Tom said, man, I'm really one toke over the line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Fostering health, well-being, and a better living. Welcome back to Empire, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hempire. It's Dr. Mitch Earlywine talking to Rebecca Andrews. We were just getting into this notion of Eastern medicine or energy medicine, a kind of holistic approach. Rebecca, could you tell us what it's all about? Yeah, basically you want to think of a spectrum of cold to hot and of dry to moist. So people are on that spectrum, herbs are on that spectrum, and illnesses are on that spectrum. So for example, I tend to always be cold, Um, my circulation isn't real great, my feet might be cold, my skin is dry. So in an Eastern herbalist paradigm, we would say that I tend to be cold and dry. 
someone who tends to flush a lot or sweat a lot or um, tends to have an excess of mucus in their body, we might say they're more hot and moist. And then we can think of illnesses that way. So you might have a dry cough that's just very irritating that's making you cough, or you may have a cough that's very wet and mucusy. And then when we come to herbs, we want to use herbs in a way that are balancing the individual's constitution and balancing out the imbalance in the illness. So for example, if I have a dry cough, I might turn to marshmallow root, which is very moistening. Or if I have a very mucusy cough, I might turn to mullein, which is a little bit more drying and is a good expectorant. So that's kind of in a nutshell. I got to tell you, Rebecca, I never think of you as cold or dry. <laughs> Bottom line here is it sounds like this is a much different uh, tradition. Would you mind first off telling me what is a moist herb? Why is marshmallow root moist? Yeah, sure. I think the easiest way to think of it is um, to think of, you know, cucumber. If people's eyes are feeling puffy in the morning, they might put some cucumber on it to kind of like cool down that inflammation. Um, cucumber is a very, you know, cooling plant. Um, trying to think of some other real obvious. Bob Arasoff, who was on our show before, is a huge fan of cucumber. If you want to uh, echo any of that, we're, we're eager to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, an example of a, of a hot herb would be cayenne. We all know, you know, it, it, you can put it in your mouth and it tastes hot. Mint, on the other hand, is cooling. We kind of like our mint tea in the summer, but it's also drying. If you chew a piece of mint, you can really feel its, um, you know, drying properties in your mouth. So those are kind of some very obvious examples. Some of the other herbs, their properties are not quite as obvious, but they all run on that range from you know, cool to warm and dry to moist. So marshmallow root tends to be a very um, mucilaginous herb. If you put it in the water, it's almost going to make your water like goopy. It's very moistening in the body. Oh, that's intriguing. And now how would somebody be able to tell if they're a, a dry or a moist? That's a good question. Um, I think I'd have to get into more details to think about it or, you know, you can look online and find some kind of questions to guide you into thinking about it. But, um, you know, just in a nutshell, kind of looking at whether your skin is dry or moist, whether you tend to run hot or cold in terms of temperature, that sort of thing is a general good guide. Oh, that's, that's really neat. Okay. And then you had alluded to uh, the Ayurvedic tradition. Is that one that's in parallel? Does that have any novelty? Um, I'm not an expert in Ayurveda, but I, you know, what what I do know of it is that it does kind of run along some of the same energetic principles. Yeah. Well, so if somebody came to see you, what what might you do? How does the uh, consult work? Sure. So um, usually I do an intake, and we kind of talk about whole body health, um, any issues they're having, how their digestion is, how their sleep is, how their mood is, the whole nine yards. And then we would kind of get into any specific um, health issues that they're wanting to learn more about and have a little bit more guidance with, with herbs and then kind of get into specific options for them. The, in the United States, herbalists are not licensed to practice medicine, unlike in a lot of European nations. So I don't prescribe things. I don't diagnose things. I kind of work more with educating people around their options with herbs and I'm letting them make the choice from there. 
And it sounds like this is synergistic with diet. Is there a, a rule of thumb or two you might want to share about diet in general? Yeah, definitely synergistic with diet. Um, oh, <laughs> diet is such a complicated thing. I think we're coming out with you know, new scientific evidence every day. And, you know, first we hear eggs are bad, then we hear eggs are good and so on. Um, so I don't think there's one rule of thumb, eat whole foods, eat a lot of plants, you know, Michael Pollan has the right idea there. But, um, you know, and his other his other rule is to eat things that your great great grandparents would have recognized. I personally healed Crohn's disease with eating a paleo autoimmune diet. And then I've switched since to being vegan with a large percentage of raw, which has really helped my body to eradicate Lyme disease. So I, you know, I like to say be vegan because it's better for the planet and better for the animals. But I, I can't say that that would have worked to heal the Crohn's. I don't know. So ultimately, the best advice I have is to eat whole foods, eat a lot of plants and eat things your grandparents would have recognized. Sounds like good advice to me. And then you're uh, essentially touching up against ego or echo psychology as, as you mentioned it. Could you tell us what that is? Yeah, that's an amazing field. I love it. Um, it kind of looks at the philosophy and the science behind how our connection to the natural world impacts our health, whether that be our biological health, our mental health, you know, of course, all of it's intertwined, but looking at um, some fascinating studies, for example, showing that just being out in nature can actually lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure, increase your immunity. Um, there are so many health benefits just to being outside in a beautiful natural place. So it's a, that's a great thing for people to do now as they're still kind of stuck home in the pandemic quarantine. Just get outside, walk barefoot. It sounds hippy-dippy, but there's actually science behind that too. And um, you'll be getting a little bit of immune boost there. Oh, I've seen that data. Uh, they, they call it a forest bath where you go out and just hang out in the woods. And my drum circle certainly loves that kind of thing. Yeah. And then is there such a thing as being uh, certified as an herbalist? Is there a certification? Um, like I mentioned, in Europe, there are different licensing bodies for it, but not in the United States. I have a master's degree in therapeutic herbalism from Maryland University of Integrative Health. But uh, most herbalists are still being trained in a mentorship sort of paradigm. I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. There are some incredible herbalists who have learned just hands-on with other people. And um, the American Herbalist Guild is kind of working to put out a certification that's, you know, non-governmental, but that is looking at people's training and clinical hours and making sure that they have the qualifications to be calling themselves an herbalist. I got to admit, given the number of plants on earth, it, it all sounds kind of overwhelming. What, what were your studies like? <laughs> Sometimes overwhelming. Um, no, I think most herbalists tend to have 30 to 100 herbs that they know well. And it's a lifelong learning process from there. You know, I mean, you, you could probably come up with an herb and I would say, I know absolutely nothing about that plant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's exciting, though, because there's really no limit to the explorations and what you can learn. And if you're a nerd like me, then that's pretty exciting. I got to admit, if they're data, I'm willing to try. So it's, it's a, an intriguing approach to health. Mm -hmm. With this in mind, too, I know you've talked about meditation and uh, other behavioral interventions. Are there any of those you'd like to tell us about? 
Um, yeah, meditation, of course, is wonderful. It's something that I and probably all of us should be doing more of right now in these anxiety-inducing times. <laughs> um, I try to make a practice of getting outside every day, getting my hands in the dirt, getting my feet on the ground. That's a little harder in the winter, obviously. I'm not a big fan of winter. Um, you know, getting out in the woods is important. You know, all of these little things that can just be a few minutes a day, but can really add up to reducing our anxiety and, and boosting our health are so important. I think we'll elaborate on that in a minute. I really appreciate having Rebecca Andrews here on the show. You've tuned into Hempire. We'll be right back after these messages. More Hempire coming up once we pay homage to our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. Fostering health, well-being, and a better living. Welcome back to Hempire, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. Thanks so much for tuning into Hempire. It's Dr. Mitch Earlywine, and I'm talking to Rebecca Andrews of Wild Wellness about herbalism and echo psychology and getting a big kick out of it. So I'm, I'm curious if there's a, a set of heuristics you might have for just what would be a, a healthy day for, for a person if we're trying to be uh, herbalistic and eco-psychological? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think for me, like an optimal day is I would get up and drink less coffee than water, uh, you know, more water than coffee. (laughs) 
um, which sometimes happens and sometimes doesn't. I kind of like my coffee. And then, you know, I like to try and get some work done in the morning and then get outside and spend some time in nature. Um, I think it's important that we're doing things that feel good to our soul, that feed our soul, whatever that is. So for me, I'm, um, I'm actually pursuing a third graduate degree in uh, fine art photography. Um, just can't seem to stay away from grad school. It's that nerd side of me. Um, but being around people that we love, you know, all of these little things that we know are good for our health. Um, I also work as a professor and I made a list and put it in an announcement for my students just as just um, kind of providing a number of different wellness practices that they could tr gather from and try out during the day. So something as simple as taking two minutes every few hours to just take 10 deep breaths and feeling your belly rising and falling and making sure you're not breathing real shallow into your shoulders, um, you know, connecting with someone you love just little things that we can be doing throughout the day and kind of trying to intersperse those into our day. It's so easy right now to get caught up in both the things we have to do working from home and get to get caught up in all of the news and how horrible everything is in the world. So taking those small steps throughout each day, eating well, trying to get some sleep, good sleep at night, taking some herbs for anxiety if you need that. Um, you know, I know I'm not typically an anxious person, but I've been so anxious lately. So just identifying what your needs are. I got to admit, I, I really like that approach. You've uh, alluded to uh, valerian and uh, marshmallow root. I was curious if you uh, have any uh, comments about turmeric, because I just hear that in the news all the time. Mm, yeah, that's a wonderful herb, and there's a lot of research on it. It's something that's has been in the news a lot lately but it's uh, really good for an anti-inflammatory, but you should always take it with uh, black pepper or with uh, some of the extract of black pepper if you're taking an extract. Again, I prefer a whole herb. Putting some turmeric and black pepper in a chai tea is a wonderful way to take that. And very good anti-inflammatory formula. I didn't know that. Okay, so um, if I'm going to take turmeric, I got to have a little black pepper in there. Yeah. The other one I hear about a lot is cinnamon, and I was just curious if you had anything uh, to tell us about that. Yeah, cinnamon is good for your heart, your blood pressure, your circulation. It's a very warming herb that's going to get things kind of moving in your system. And of course, it's delicious. I, I I, I'm curious. I mean, will you know my little quarter teaspoon be enough? Yeah, that should be a good dose. I mean, you don't want to take too much cinnamon. It, it is a little spicy. Um, my favorite way to take it is actually to get some whole cinnamon sticks and to just make a tea with it. It's remarkably sweet and it's very comforting and delicious. That sounds good right now. And then the other one that I, I find a lot of data on is ginger. Mm. Yeah, ginger I like too. Ginger is wonderful as an anti-nausea herb. Some people find it really helpful um, for motion sickness. Um, again, you can you can get a ginger tea, you know, in a tea bag. That's usually a pretty good quality. And um, you could also just chop up a little bit of ginger root, put it in your food, or put it in a pot with some water, heat it up a bit, and then drain it and have a ginger tea that way. And I know I beat this one into you in my class, but the St. John's wort. Mm. Bring any bells? 
Yeah, that's that one has got a lot of good uses and a lot of controversy around it as well. So I think it works for the people it works for and, you know, doesn't work for some people. It is also one that if you're taking, you need to be extra, extra sure that you talk to your doctor about it and any contraindications with it and other medications that you might be taking, because there are a lot of them. I did see a meta-analysis on for mild to moderate depression. It really does look like it's, it's pretty good. And yeah. then last, everybody's always talking about garlic. Hmm. Yeah, garlic doesn't just keep vampires away. It keeps away a lot of uh, bacterial infections and viral infections and things like that. Um, one very popular herbal formula that, that a lot of people like is called uh, fire cider. And it's basically you take like apple cider vinegar and you chop up garlic, onion, hot pepper, ginger, horseradish. Some people add other things to it, but you let it um, sit in the vinegar for about six weeks. And then you take a little shot glass of that every day. And it's incredibly wonderful for boosting your immune system. And it's pretty spicy too. It'll wake you up. <laughs> that sounds like something my wife would really love. So I appreciate you <laughs> recommending it. And how could folks find you on the web if you don't mind telling us? Sure. I'm at RebeccaGraceAndrews.com. Really appreciate your appearance here. I wish we had more time, but we do have to wrap it up. Thanks so much for tuning into Empire. It's Dr. Mitch Earlywine and Rebecca Andrews. Thank really, you for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, follow your heart and let the data be your guide. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.